Hello, friends, and welcome to the Sermons Podcast of Christ Church at Grove Farm. One of our goals here at CCGF is to help you take your next step toward Jesus and the person God designed you to be. We hope our sermons help you to take that next step. If you would like more information about the community here at Christ Church at Grove Farm, or if you would like to contact us, you can do all of that and more on our website, which is ccgf.org. And to get an even further taste of who we are, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Now, here is this week's message, grace and peace to you. Glory, hallelujah. Yes, sir, Lord Jesus. You know, my wife and I pray the Lord's Prayer every day together, out loud together. Because it's such a comprehensive prayer, you could pray that prayer over your family, phrase by phrase. You could pray it over your life, your career. You could pray it over our search for a new pastor. One of the things we do very deliberately is pray it over our nation. We pray it over the White House, the Capitol, over Washington, D.C., the Supreme Court. You can take each phrase and pray it for each of those elements of our government. You could pray it over our city, Pittsburgh. We're going to do that right now, not just for the city, but for our nation. So bow your heads with me. Close your eyes. It's great to know this prayer so by heart. See Washington, D.C. See the White House, our president and vice president, their staff. See the Capitol, the House and the Senate. See the Supreme Court and the justices of the Supreme Court. See the Pentagon the leadership of our nation militarily. Then pray very deliberately with me for each of these as we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And as we continue in prayer, Lord, grateful for our nation, grateful for all the mighty workings across now over two centuries within this nation, for the taking of the gospel around the world by believers born again of your spirit within the confines of this nation, for the wealth and skill and education, and medicine, and leadership 
that we have taken around the world in your name, Lord Jesus, in the name of the gospel, in the name of truth and righteousness, in the name of freedom, in the hope of eternal life, in the hope of a future for our children and their children. Thank you for every blessing we have received. And because of your grace in us, every blessing we have been able to distribute and send to other shores and into the darkest corners of our own nation. Now, Lord Jesus, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our wills and bend them to your own, Lord. And take our hearts and set them on fire with love for yourself. We pray this for your name's sake, Lord Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Well, we're in a series, Unleashed. And it's amazing what God has unleashed through this nation of ours. It's amazing what God has as a precursor, as a preparation for all that, what he has unleashed among us, the gospel set free, the truth of God's word held high. God Almighty at work in us, setting free powerfully his truth in all sorts of ordinary places and circumstances, as well as in the grander moments, whether for our own families or for our nation. God at work day after day in our streets, our schools, our offices, our churches, our homes, our neighborhoods, our clubs, our stores, our hospitals, our courts. God at work. A nation founded with certain premises that go all the way back to the Ten Commandments on the one hand and to Calvary on the other. That is our United States of America. I feel proud and blessed to become as one of you, you who were born into this country, taking someone like me by adoption into this country, that we might be Americans together, followers of Jesus together, and serving the greater good that comes powerfully at work through his people who know and love him. God has blessed us in an amazing way, and there is always a price to be paid for any success. On this, the birthday that we celebrate, I know it's several days hence, but seeing this as our celebration here at Christ Church with the birthing of America 243 years ago. For us to come back to 
what was for us as we check out our history, an amazing new beginning that was very, very costly. Listen very carefully to these words. Nothing of any, any consequence in any area of life is achieved without sacrifice. Did you hear that? In no part of life, whether it's your family, your career, our neighborhoods, our government, our church, our personal individual lives, nothing of any consequence, significance, is achieved without a price to be paid. Have you any idea of the price paid by the 56 signatures affixed to the Declaration of Independence? Let me tell you about them. Five of the signers were captured by the British as traitors and tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burned. Two lost their sons serving in the Revolutionary Army. Another had two sons captured. Nine of the 56 fought and died from wounds or hardships of the Revolutionary War. They signed and they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. What kind of men were they? 24 were lawyers and jurists, 11 were merchants, 9 were farmers and plantation owners, men of means, well-educated. But they all signed the Declaration of Independence, knowing full well that the penalty would be death if they were captured. Carter Braxton of Virginia, a wealthy planter and trader, saw his ships swept from the seas by the British Navy. He sold his home and his properties to pay his debts and died in rags. Thomas McKean was so hounded by the British that he was forced to move his family almost constantly. He served in the Congress without pay, and his family was kept in hiding. His possessions were taken from him, and poverty was his reward. Vandals, soldiers, looted the property of Dillery, Hall, Clymer, Walton, Gwinnett, Haywood, Rutledge, and Middleton. At the Battle of Yorktown, Thomas Nelson, Jr., noted that the British General Cornwallis had taken over his home, the, the Nelson home, for his headquarters. 
Nevertheless, he quietly and sincerely urged General George Washington to open fire. The home was destroyed and Nelson died bankrupt. Francis Lewis had his home and properties destroyed. The enemy jailed his wife and she died within a few months. John Hart was driven from his wife's bedside as she was dying. Their 13 children fled for their lives. His fields and his gristmill were laid to waste. For more than a year, he lived in forests and caves, returning home to find his wife dead and his children vanished. There was a price to be paid for putting their names to the Declaration of Independence. And they paid that price. Nothing of any consequence is ever achieved without sacrifice. A group of 40 of us have just returned from traveling around England. And one of the things following the kind of Christian footsteps of the heroes of the past, a similar theme, sacrificial laying down of lives, wealth, leadership, and position. We stood at the site and prayed together where three of the reformers of the Reformation in England were burned alive. As two of them were led to that site, one Bishop Ridley and the other Bishop Lat Latimer, one said to the other, play the man, Master Ridley, that is, be a man about this. They're being led to the stake to be burned alive for the Reformation truths that make our worship which we express week in and week out here at Christ Church that flowed from the Reformation. It's hard to convey in these few moments of just fleeting comments the price that was paid and the honor that followed in the wake of the price that was paid, the freedoms that we enjoy within society and Christendom, to be able to worship as we worship, to preach the Word, the truth of God's Word, to preach the Gospel, to celebrate Jesus. Play the man, Master Ridley, one said to the other, as they're being led to the stake to be burned alive for that faith, for their reformed understanding of the Gospel. Play the man, Master Ridley, we shall this day light such a candle in England that by God's grace, I trust shall never be put out. We ended up in a church in Cambridge and I went into the pulpit and preached a mini sermon, like three or four sentences, gospel truths, right at the heart of the gospel. And Latimer, one of those men burned alive that I've just quoted, preached from that very same pulpit. Archbishop Cranmer, who wrote the Book of Common Prayer, the kind of prayers that we pray and use in worship, 
He reached down with his hand into the flames as they came up, burning the Archbishop of Canterbury alive because he had written this book of common prayer with the freedom of the gospel at the essence of, as the essence of our worship, the authority of God's word over all other doctrine and behaviors in, in the Christian community. He had earlier denied all that for fear of dying when they asked him to publicly sign a, a re rebuttal, a recantation of that Book of Common Prayer and the 39 articles. They actually put a platform up in a church in Oxford where he publicly would sign his recantation. And when it came to it, he couldn't do it. And they took him right from that church where we were standing ourselves and burned him alive. And as the flames came up around him, he reached down with his right hand and said, this hand which denied Christ shall burn first. Nothing of any consequence in this world, small or big, is ever achieved without a price being paid. This weekend, Pastor Ed Glover and Tammy, along with a couple of other folks from our church, are at Normandy. They went on from our travel. We just got back a couple of days ago. But they're at Normandy this weekend. Pastor Ed Glover has an uncle who died on the beaches of Normandy. He's always wanted to go to that grave site. Nothing of any consequence is ever achieved without sacrifice. We have our own hero who fought on that beach, Warren Goss. Fabulous article on him in the Sir Wickley Herald this week. Nothing of any consequence is ever achieved. And so it is with the gospel. Everything I've been expressing goes back to another great price that was paid. Really, the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep. Page six in your service sheet, you've got the words of John's gospel, chapter 10, and Jesus speaking. I am the good shepherd, he said. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. When he spoke about being the good shepherd, he was speaking of himself in contrast to cowardly shepherds. He's already described that when the wolf comes, the hireling, who's not really the shepherd and owner of the sheep, the hireling flees, doesn't take the heat, can't take it. The coward runs. But the good shepherd, Jesus, he lays down his life for the sheep. Oh, that it would be so for all of us pastors who are under shepherds, that this very day in the pulpits of the USA and around the world, we would boldly preach Christ, who was willing to lay down his life for us. The good shepherd lays down his life. Pray for us pastors. Pray for our pastoral church, uh, search, excuse me, our pastoral search, 
We go live tomorrow. That's the phrase. It's going public. Van der Blumen is taking it public throughout the USA. Our beginning of a search for a new pastor. We want a shepherd who will lay down his life for the sheep. Not a hireling. Not somebody who's here for a job or just a career. But who is here for the sheep. It's wonderful what Jesus says here. I know my sheep and they know me. He knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. And I trust by God's grace, you know him. The good shepherd who laid down his life for you. Listen to how it continues. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. So verse 16, he goes on to say, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. Who do you think he's speaking about there? Do you know who he's speaking about? The other sheep who are not of that sheep pen? You and me, the Gentiles, not just the Jews. He wasn't just a savior, a messiah for the Jewish people. All the first believers were Jews. All the first apostles were Jews. The church exploded in Jerusalem at Pentecost when unleashed the Spirit of God blessed the preaching of the gospel. Just celebrated that a couple of weeks ago. Right here. We've had the flags of the nations processed in. There are other sheep in other sheep pens, even yet today, that the Lord is reaching out to and including people that you know, neighbors and friends of yours. There are other sheep who are not of that Jewish sheep pen. I must bring them also, and they too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And listen to this unbelievable statement. I mean, like, incredible. The reason my father loves me I would think, if you go to the, the whole notion of the eternal trinity, that the Father loved the Son from eternity. But do you know that in the mind and heart of Almighty God, the statement in Scripture that Christ was slain before the foundation of the world implies that even before he came here, the plan was that he would come and be our Savior? And therefore, one of the reasons stated here by Jesus himself, the main reason why the Father loved him is because he lays down his life for the sheep. Nothing of any consequence or significance is ever achieved without sacrifice. God sacrificed his son. Jesus gave himself. Listen to these words. Verse 18, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command 
I received from my Father. He gave his life. It wasn't snatched from him. It wasn't taken from him against his will. He wasn't led to Calvary screaming and crying, I'm innocent. Why are you trying to kill me? He laid down his life on the cross, gave himself as a sacrifice for you and for me, that we might be forgiven of our sins, cleansed of all the wretched unrighteousness in our lives, born again spiritually and made a new creation, so that we too come under the same command. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Go, make disciples of all nations. We are under command, under authority. The gospel unleashed within us and the gospel unleashed through us. But there's a price to be paid. Are you willing to pay that price for yourself? Will you be a good under-shepherd yourself for those who the Lord brings within your influence? Are you willing to pay that price? It's an astounding thing to me that we who say we love Jesus are so content to be saved for him and for heaven for ourselves. Is there a burning desire amongst us to see the gospel unleashed in Pittsburgh where we li live? To see the gospel unleashed in our families, which we care for so? In our nation, to see it unleashed? Do you know what struck my mind just this morning? I'd never thought of this. In connection with Normandy, 75 years ago, we celebrate that landing, that bravery, that courage, 75 years ago. But within a decade, you unleashed on England the gospel. Do you know why? Because Billy Graham arrived there, arrived there in 1954. That had been planning for a year before that. He didn't just turn up and start preaching on a street corner. He took off an indoor, took over an indoor sports arena, advertising throughout the whole of Great Britain. A no-name. Billy Graham then was a no-name. The advertising was so spectacular, I even knew as a non-churchgoer that he was in town. And somebody invited me to go and hear Billy Graham and the gospel that you sent over in the person of Billy Graham, 10 years after Normandy, set me free to give my life to Jesus. It's all part of the same great miracle. And 50 decades later, we knelt where I knelt in Bristol with our little band of 40 and rededicated my life again, and they laid hands on me and prayed for me at the very spot where I was ordained 50 years ago. And blessing. It's amazing how it all works together. It's a, it's a miracle of God's grace. He's got plans for you. You are in his sheep pen. 
He laid down his life for you. Will you give your life back to him? Bow your heads with me as we pray together. Lord Jesus, we have prayed for your mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Thank you for the sacrifice that you were willing to pay, Lord. Thank you for the sacrifice paid by our founding fathers. Thank you, Lord, right now for ourselves. Your grace in us, all the sacrifices that have already been made by us, and those that you now commission us to inherit in your name for your cause to go and sacrifice again for you. We pray in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.